Hey everyone, welcome in to another daily editorial here on the KE Report. Corey and Chad here chatting with Jordan Royburn, founder and editor of The Daily Gold. Now Jordan, I want to talk about uh, these terms that get thrown around for the gold stocks or precious metals stocks broadly, even resource stocks broadly, where we hear from a lot of newsletter writers, commentators, even those on social media about how cheap stocks are compared to where the underlying commodity price is and people also tie in the word undervalued compared to the commodities price I, I think you guys all know how much that bothers me when everyone says these stocks are on sale look at how cheap they are a lot of the time because we've heard it for the last couple of years and unfortunately these stocks have broadly gotten cheaper and I guess you can argue more undervalued the problem being some of these stocks should be, I guess, drifting lower, while other ones, people can argue, hey, their share price should be going up because they're doing good work. Fact of the matter is, all these stocks, a lot of them at least, are going down in price. Jordan, how do you uh, differentiate between that cheap versus undervalued term? It, Corey, it's a really good question, and it's something I think we talked about about a year ago or so, and I think I really bungled the answer at the time, just gave a big word salad and wasn't really clear on that. Uh, as far as cheap versus undervalued, uh, cheap refers to the price and undervalued refers to the actual value. Now, I, I, I guess you know both things can be subjective, but it's good to differentiate that cheap, you're just talking about price specifically. Yes, the whole precious metals sector. I mean, the mine, the mining sector, the gold stocks, silver stocks. I mean, they're 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 really cheap at this point. But undervalued is everything really undervalued? I don't think so. I mean, when you you listen to someone like Rick Rule, for example, and he always talks about you know just focus on like ten percent of the junior sector because the other ninety percent is garbage. And you know, it's also what kind of metrics should we look at? Um, I don't like the, you know, the Huey gold ratio or the GDX to gold ratio. I mean, people are looking at it and they're saying, wow, you know, the gold stocks are the most undervalued that they are relative to gold. I mean, I've also heard people say silver is the most undervalued. And I just, I feel those are kind of dangerous. Like, let's just say cheap, inexpensive. Like, let's look at that first and then let's try to assess value second. So undervalued refers to the actual value, whereas cheap is the price. And I think that, you know, focusing on the undervalued for me, I mean, just to try and keep it, you know, way too simple, look at the current metals prices, you know, $23 silver or 19 or 2000 gold, or even 1900 gold. Like look at these prices and evaluate companies against these prices. And then you'll understand what, is actually cheap and then what is actually undervalued. So there's not there's not that many things that are actually undervalued. However, if uh, there are some things, I mean you can find them out there and and if you can find the things that are undervalued against current prices, I mean e even those things if we get a bull market, those things can 5x or 10x. You know they're they're probably stronger at this point in time, you know their stocks are not as bombed out in most scenarios, but I I think that is how you find real value right now. And, you know, to confess, it, it's something I, I think I started doing like, you know, three, four, six months ago or so, because before that point, you know, I always looked at, okay, I always thought to myself, okay, you know, the gold price is going to go up. 
it's going to drag silver higher. So I'll look at like the, not the A companies, but like the B and C companies, because these things will be far more leveraged to the sector. And I mean that for the, you know, for the most part, that kind of worked out. But at this point, you're four months or three and a half months into a cyclical bear market in the mining sector. And that, you know, that these B and C quality companies, I mean, they're having huge problems and they just really, they really need the metals prices to go up. And so I think, unfortunately for the sector, the majority of companies, they need the metals prices to go up. They just, they can't really add value. It's it's a very difficult uh, value proposition for those companies, for the majority of these companies, unless metals prices are going up. And so, you know, to, to sum it up, look at the current metals prices and then assess the value right now, potentially in 12, 18, 24, 36 months. Then you'll understand the things that are not only cheap, but really undervalued. Well, Jordan, let's tug on that string a little bit further and just dig in to help people suss out what is truly undervalued. You mentioned looking at the metals price, but there's some other things we could get into. And I'd love to get your thoughts on when you're looking at, let's say, a development stage company that has ounces in the ground. As we know, not all ounces in the ground are the same. There could be 10 different companies, and there are are actually dozens of companies that have millions of ounces in the ground. Not all of them are going to be economic. Not all of them in the same jurisdiction. Not all of them are even the same types of deposits. Some may be underground mines. Some may be open pit mines. There's all these things to look at. How do you narrow down when you think, aha, this, this kind of a company really does seem undervalued compared to the peers? It really comes down to margin potential. And, um, you know, is it, is it also something that they could finance? I mean, one potential way of looking at it is what is the you know net present value at a certain price versus the CapEx to build that? I mean, yeah, a, a project might have net present value of 700 at, you know, 1900 gold, you know, but then it costs 450 million to build it. I mean, for example, that you're not getting that much delta there. Like that's, you know, you have to have significant value for a project to be built. I mean, sometimes you hear companies say, oh, well, we have a, not just gold and silver, but oh, but this is a billion dollar NPV project. Yeah, but if it costs 800 million to build that, I mean, no, no one's going to invest for that tiny of a return. So that's one thing you could look at. You know, a second thing I look at is, does the project have expansion potential? I mean, real expansion potential and real exploration potential. I mean, those things are kind of subjective, but if you have a project that's you know, pretty good, the numbers are solid, but then at the same time, it's it's clear that the project can get bigger or there's you know really good exploration potential at the same time. So, I mean, th- that that's a scenario there. You know, I, I would just, and I would try and avoid the things that are just their economics are, honestly not that great i mean the the capital and it were you know, because of inflation you know projects that cost 200 or 250 million to build are now you know, 350 400 million projects that were 300 million to build are now 500 million I, I, given how high capital investment is is going for all these projects i, I mean you need to see npv like some serious npv in a real difference between how much capital has to be invested and then the actual NPV, you need to see a big difference there. And and in addition to that, I would say, obviously, the size and scale. I mean, things that are three to five million ounces, projects that can produce 
you know, 150, 175 or 250, 300. I mean, those types of projects, projects that can get financed. I mean, in some situations, if the CapEx is huge, if a company could do a joint venture, uh, that helps a lot. So there's not one easy answer. Um, but I mean, it, it really comes down to margin and which projects are going to be financed and actually uh, going to be built over the next few years. And then, you know, finally, you know, ha- ha- that having that actual significant value, I mean, projects that have you know, 700 million or 809 to a billion NPV. I mean, those are the projects that are going to move the needle. Those are the projects that are definitely going to make it. Those are the projects that when you actually get gold breaking out and recovering, recovering first and then breaking out, the money is going to buy those things first and foremost before it dribbles down into the rest of the sector. To your point on margin, a couple aspects that I focus on, one in particular looking at economic studies, is the internal rate of return, the IRR percentage Look, we get a lot of these numbers. Companies always lead with these numbers. And quite honestly, I feel like we see so many IRRs right in the 20% range, which doesn't seem to move the needle for other maybe acquiring or partner potential companies. And then we also hear companies talk about sensitivities to the metals prices. Either, look, it will still make money at this lower price or look at how much more money we make at these higher metals prices. Do you factor in? the IRR or the sensitivity tables at all? Um, I mean, as far as the sensitivity to me, it doesn't matter that much because I'm focused on the value at current metals prices. The one thing about, I mean, yes, the IRRs are important. You know, one thing you have to be careful of with the studies is sometimes the study can look really good on paper. Like this is something Brent Cook talks about where, you know, you look at a study or a spreadsheet and the numbers look really good, but you know, there's like a permitting issue or the, you know, the grade is really low or there's just other flaws that are questionable. So those are, those are things you also have to be aware of. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I just think use the current metals prices. And if the project is good, then you don't need to worry about sensitivity tables because yes, every project is going to look a lot better at you know 2300 gold or 2500 gold or 30 dollars silver and the one thing is you have to factor in like there's going to be some cost inflation so like 3000 gold is great but you know may, maybe 3000 gold when we get there it really could be you know 24 or 2500 in today's you know in today's prices or today's values so um, I know it's kind of a roundabout answer, but yeah, it, it all it all depends on the current prices for me. Well, Jordan, let's also move out of the developers into some of the producers. I know that you like to focus on the small to mid-sized growth-oriented producers that you think are going to build real value, not just in their production increases, but possibly in addition to that through expiration. When you look at something like the the majors, I think there's so many analysts, there's so many eyeballs on stocks like Newmont or Barrick or Agnico Eagle, that they're almost more properly valued. But when you get down into the universe of the mid-tiers and the smaller producers, there can be some wild mismatches and some actually unseen opportunities. So I know that's a another area you play in in your own portfolio. How do you look at undervalued producers? Well, one thing I want to say about valuations is I think for the entire mining sector, like they're at or really close to all-time lows. 
I mean, you have to go back to, you know, 2013 and 2015 for the seniors and larger producers. Uh, those were valuation troughs. We're getting really close to that. Uh, but if you're looking at junior producers or even mid-tiers, like mid-tier producers, junior producers, and actual juniors, their valuations, even relative to the larger stocks that you mentioned, I mean, their their valuations are super cheap. So I think you can find really good value and really good discrepancies both nominally speaking for junior producers, but also relative to senior producers. So I, I think that's definitely an area that people should focus their research on. But I, it, yeah, it just, it comes down to production growth. And I mean, the first thing is you obviously get that re-rating if you're able to build the project. So again, it comes down to how much value are they creating when they build the project? Can they actually finance it you know, without destroying their share structure. And then after they finance it, are they are they going to be able to create enough value? Because, yeah, they can have debt and royalty on it, but if the economics are not that great, like they're just not producing that much cash flow at current prices to really make it worthwhile to invest all that capital in, in building the project. So there, there's so many of those factors to consider, but it, 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 it comes down to, for me, production growth. Do you like production growth at current mines or do you like production growth potential at other projects or satellite facilities? What sort of production growth do you prefer? I mean, either or. Either or, but I guess it more comes down to financing costs. Right. I mean, you have to you have to finance, be able to finance the production without destroying the company's capital structure. What about M&A, Jordan? Like a lot of companies decide to grow through acquisition. Sometimes those end up being nightmares where it would have been better if they hadn't done it. Other times they're very value accretive. How do you look at a company that's bolting on production? It's a really good question. I don't have a strong opinion on that. Um, I, I do think M&A, the acquirers, it tends to be a more leveraged play. If we're going into a bull market, which is not happening in the next month or two, it looks like, I think those types of companies will perform really well if you have the backdrop of a bull market. But if you're not going into a bull market, like there, there's just a lot more risk there. I mean, it's, it's another project that they have to manage on top of what they're already doing. And I mean, the economics have to be really good. The company has to be in a strong financial position. So it's you have to look at it on a case-by-case basis. So to that point, I guess, if you're looking at a certain company and we're talking about, it sounds like more advanced projects here, either those with economic studies, those with more drilled out resources or those in production, should you in this market, you probably should do this at all times, but should you simply just take the most recent, whatever it might be, production data or economic study and compare it to other companies that are at that same stage to see which one maybe stands out to you? Uh, well, as far as comparing companies, I will say this. You should compare the companies that you follow and, and all your portfolio holdings against each other. Because you know, I've been adjusting my top 10 list in the last month. And like I've noticed, like, okay, well, this, you know, this has this mar- market cap against this company has the same market cap. But you know, this company has the potential to generate way, way more value. So I think comparing companies against each other in their valuations, their market caps, that's good. As far as the studies, the problem is a lot of these studies, I mean, anything that's like 18 to 20, if if it's not, I mean, if it's not like 12 in the last 12 months, it's already out of date. I mean, these companies that have studies from 18 months or like two years ago, I know, I mean, the CapEx is going to be 
300 million to build this mine. I mean, that's that's going to be 375 now. Like it's it the 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 economics could just be so much worse. So you have to be careful about I mean the, the studies have to be really recent. Well, Jordan, how about just a really quick thought on early stage companies? I find it interesting when we hear people say, "Oh, this this drill play is so undervalued." It's like, "What do you mean? They don't even have anything yet. They have a management team, a small budget, and a dream." So, how do you decide if an earlier stage exploration company, a discovery play is undervalued or not? That is a really really good question. Early stage drilling and discovery plays, uh, I mean, those are gambles. I mean, I just I don't see the value there. And that's not my expertise. I mean, maybe someone who's into exploration, like they can look at the ground and soil sample results or the pre-drilling stuff, and maybe they can assess that, okay, this has real potential versus most things that don't. But like someone like me, I mean, that's not my expertise. My general answer would be, it's like trying to find a needle in a haystack. I mean, those types of things. I mean, because you can look at you know, it, it can be an early stage company. I mean, maybe it's a prospect generator. It has cash. It has all this work being done. And yeah, you could say that's a good value, but that doesn't guarantee that anything will be found. All that money can be spent, you know, and then it's a couple, three, four years after the fact, and they haven't found a deposit yet. So then it turns out it really wasn't undervalued. So I think cheap is probably a better word to stick to for, for those early stage plays because they just, in my opinion, they just, they don't have any value yet. Yeah, those early stage plays, they're lottery tickets. The only asset they have is the ground that they hold. Sometimes they don't even hold 100% of that ground. Quite frankly, again, it's down to the asset base, which are deposits, economic studies, and production for some companies. It's just a tough market right now, Jordan. I know that we all think that, and the fact of the matter is even the stronger companies are continuing to drift lower. They should be the ones to bounce back first. We're all just, I guess, waiting for that bounce, unfortunately. Jordan, thank you, as always, for your time. We'll chat again in the next couple of weeks. Have a great rest of your week.